presented by the Evangelism Department of the North American Mission Board. This is Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast, the podcast to help pastors be on mission in their local community. Here's your host, Joel Sutherland. Welcome to Your Church on Mission. I'm your host, Joel Sutherland, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Scott Smith, and we're doing something a little differently in these few podcasts where we're just talking to pastors uh, like you who are trying to reach people and want to reach more. And Scott, today we've got Brad on the on the line who uh, has just really not, not too long ago just taken over a new situation. Yeah, Brad Ball's a great case because he stepped into a church three years ago that had no evangelistic culture virtually. It was mm-hmm. a church revitalization effort. And so he's done a good job of, of first steps. We actually commend him a lot in this uh, conversation we have with him. But there are some challenges as well, and so we address some of those challenges, and uh, I think you'll get a lot from it. Yeah. Brad, Brad's at a church that runs less than 200 in a rural county, and so that's going to resonate with a lot of guys who listen to the podcast. So uh, here's the interview. We have on the call with us today, Pastor Brad Ball. Hey, Brad, welcome to your church on mission. Hey, glad to be here. Uh, Brad, start us off by telling us a little bit about your church and your ministry. Okay. Um, my best state of Baptist church in Dublin, Georgia. I've been here not yet three years. Uh, we'll be here three years this August. Um, when we came here, it would be more like in a revitalization. They'd been going through some tough times when we got here. They were running about a about a hundred in worship, a little bit over a hundred in worship, and about ninety two, so ninety in Sunday school life groups or whatever. Um, since we've been here, uh, Lord, praise the Lord, Lord's blessed, and they have uh, come back to life in a lot of ways and um, we went to two services last january because we ran out just because of our space we didn't have enough space in our sanctuary so we went to two services and we've been blessed we're up to running about 175 to 180 on average and running 120 plus now in life groups and sunday schools so um we're just in middle Georgia, just trying to do ministry, uh, but blessed with a very good location uh, right on Highway 80 in Devlin, about a half a mile from Walmart. So oh. if you're close to Walmart, you can't be too bad. <laughs> hey, God's That's right. in that. That's what, right. What, what, about what, what's the population of Dublin? Population of Dublin is probably the city is about uh, 20,000. But in about a, let's see, in five-mile radius, uh, we have like, mm, five-mile radius, we have close to 20,000. In a 10-mile radius, we have like 30, I think 36,000 people around us. Okay. Uh, Lawrence County is like the fourth largest county as far as land mass. It's a huge county. Um, So we do have... You know, we're not a booming metropolis, but we do have um, lost people all around us because on any given Sunday, 
only about 16 to 18% of those people are in church. Right. And two-thirds of those, 66% of those don't go to anybody's church. Right. So, About, about how many like did you baptize uh, last year, Brad? Last year, um, I think last year we baptized 10. Um, and the year... Don't quote me on that because I'd have to look at the. I think we're. I think the last couple of years I've been here. Um, oh gosh, we we baptized. I think about twenty two or so, um, and then we've had. Um, I think so far we had we've had over like fifty additions. Well, if you count baptize, uh, bat, let's see. We've had uh, 22 baptized since I've been here, and um, we've had um, uh, 34 go through our new membership class. Okay. So, so the last three years, baptized 22, about another 34 right. joined your church. Right. Um, and you're in a rural county, which, uh, by the way, Brad, that resonates with about 90% of Southern Baptists, if not more. Uh, you right. know, kind of fit that mold as well. Uh, tell us some of the things that you're doing in evangelism uh, in the past couple of years that you feel like are working well. Well, some of what we're just doing is just trying to, um, especially this whole year, the theme for the year is invite and invest. And we're just trying to create a culture of inviting people. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> to, uh, to church um right now what we're trying to do is just really get out in the community and do a lot of um, uh, community service and that is that is doing well uh, what we started two years ago that's been a big thing just to get our name out and been able to minister to a lot of families and has it's helped us you know uh reach a couple of families is just the trunk or treat I mean, we've just put on a big trunk or treat, um, and that's been a big way to get our name out and minister uh, to a lot of uh, families. Also, what we're doing, uh, which I think we'll see the fruit in in the next couple of years, is uh, my student pastor, he's chaplain on the football team at the high school in the county, the big one. And we're doing a lot through the football team, ministering to them. And then we're also in a in, in a middle school in the city. Uh, we're doing a lot for them, taking hygiene kits to kids. There's, I forget, like probably about in that school alone, probably about 75 kids that would be under the poverty level. And we're doing a lot of that, like tomorrow we'll feed all the teachers um, and staff at that school. Um, in April, we did what we call shock and all, where we went out and gave carnations and pins to all the, um, administrative, professional administrative assistants in our schools, our colleges, and in our, in, kind of in the medical district, uh, just ministering there. Um, and then just some of the other things that we've done, just been just normal, uh, outreach stuff with DBS and different things like that that other other churches are doing. Um, 
with seeing some fruit is starting to do some of this community ministry and us getting out in the community. And that's what we're, what we're striving to do. Um, in, in the presently and in the days ahead, what we're really trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. So it's right. like you're doing a lot of foundation building in, in some strategic areas that, that oh. could yield some real fruit down the road for sure. We're, we're having to do that because, um, they've not, they didn't have an evangelistic culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've been trying to build up to that. My first two years, I was just, I was really trying to build, um, a discipleship culture, get them in the word, um, which they are getting in the word and we're teaching them how to get in the word. And once they get in the word, they realize, uh Oh, we need to reach people with the gospel. Um, and so my first two years was just trying to get them toward health, get them, Mm -hmm. uh, in the word so they can understand the reasons why we have to reach the word. Um, uh, reach people. And like I said, this year I've preached through Luke 14 through Luke 16, uh, to really cast the vision. And a lot of people are starting, you know, we've just got the invite cards, um, through Jesse at truelife.org and just telling them wherever you take them, hand them out. We did a, um, right before Easter on Palm Sunday, we did a, I love my church day where we, um, gave them all t-shirts that said, I love my church on and on the back have our church, um, website, just trying to get them, Hey, go wear the t-shirt wherever you go. And so that's where we're at. We're just trying to get our people to understand the, the necessity of it. Um, and then we plan on taking some to, um, in August of first Woodstock at the great commission initiative to get some of our people trained in that. So I think if we get some people tra- start training them in evangelism, that's going to help us create that better. In the, in oh, the th- th- this is great, Brad. Um, several takeaways come to mind. First of all, you, you're, you're realizing that they are where they are and they're not evangelistic or haven't been traditionally. So you're historically rather, so you're bringing them to that number one with the word, uh, getting them in the word and, but you're also helping them, uh, get rub shoulders with the community. So you're giving them opportunity to rub shoulders with the people they need to be reaching and have on their heart. And you're giving them the most uh, easy way to engage them with the gospel, to engage their community with the God, which is inviting. You're creating a culture of inviting. Now, now let me just say, and Joel, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, but a lot of guys are afraid to create a culture of inviting because they feel like it's letting their people off the hook in actually doing personal evangelism. Yeah. Like they'll get stuck yeah. at the invitation level and not go past that. What would you yeah, say? Yeah, so I think, you know, there's no real definitive study on this, but from we've been told for years about, you know, uh, 95% of church members will live and die and have never led someone to Christ. Mm-hmm. So I can get really upset over that and and kick, kick the can and let the 95% have it and really celebrate the 5%. But here's the truth. If you just break that out into everyday life, 95% of the church couldn't sell anything. Like they're not going to sell candy bars. You know, they're not going to do their personality bends them in a different direction where that's just not their deal. They're just not able to talk to strangers 
and really draw them because there's two there's two facets of that. You've got to be willing to share your testimony or share a gospel presentation and draw them to a decision. And those are two separate things that need to go together. And you probably have 50, 75 percent of your church that can share uh, their faith. They can't draw people to the decision. They get off the bandwagon. They, they jump out of the car before that. So I'm saying a lot to say this. You can just keep uh, thrashing the 95% or you can do what Brad's doing. And you can say, well, here's the deal. Let me train you to invite people and I'll give the gospel when you bring them to church mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're giving both camps an opportunity to be faithful because here's what I've noticed happening, uh, Scott and Brad, the um, – if a pastor just hammers over and over again, share your faith, bring them to Christ, don't invite them to church. And I hear pastors say, don't invite them to church. Just, you know, you got to tell them about Jesus. But that 95%, 90%, whatever it is. I mean, if you move the needle, I mean, if you statistically, if you doubled your effectiveness, what now, now 10% of your church can do it. I mean, and statistically to double something is near nigh impossible, no matter move the needle that much. Yep. So if you do, mm-hmm. so what happens is the 90% get frustrated and will eventually drift away because they feel like there's no way they can be faithful. Uh, and, you know, it's just, it's week after week of shame. So I, I really encourage what you're doing. Hey, some of you can lead people to faith. You don't have to say this out loud, but it's kind of your thinking is some of you can lead people to faith in Christ. I'm going to train you up well. The others of you can invite people to church. And uh, I'm going to train you and give you the tools to do that. And you know what? When they get here every Sunday, I'm going to give the gospel. But I think I think the brilliance of this is that he is also at the same time putting them into the community the way yeah. he is. Yeah. Uh, you know. You know because the church has been a place where a lot of folks can wall off from the community, and you're mm-hmm. you're giving them avenues, specific plans, and strategies to. Uh, you know, like blessing the teachers and feeding the kids and, and, and the schools is a great place uh, for churches to begin to do that. So kudos to you for that. I think you're you're definitely on the right track. And a lot, I could see the potential for a lot of this to yield some real gospel fruit here over the next several years. Um, we want to talk to you about challenges. What what what's your biggest if there was if there was if you had a magic wand and you could wave it or a big red button you could push and fix anything evangelistically in your church right now, what would that be? Whew. Um Well, like I said, I think just getting our people I think it's I think it's a lot in our traditional mindsets that um we have just bought into, you know, we come to church, you know, do our thing, preacher, you do the ministry, you know, uh, you know, kind of a one man, holy, holy man show. And I think some of our older people have bought into that. Well, they, I think they've been taught that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, but a lot of my, um, younger members, especially all those that are in my D groups where we actually, you know, have accountability questions about evangelism, they're starting to catch the fire. It's just, um, I think 
just casting the vision and then what we have to work on, I think, is then just giving them opportunities and then giving those that want the training, we just got to give them the training and go with those. I think if we can just keep doing that and get more people inviting, I think that that's what we have to work on. Uh, what, what what kind of training do you currently offer for anybody that's got the fire to get started? Well, that's what we've got to work on right now. I have, I don't have anything presently. They've had nothing presently. Um, and we don't have, you know, if someone comes to me, I, I have some stuff that I, I've, I've formulated over the years, but we don't have any training presently. That's why I've, we, uh, in August, I want to take as many as I can to get them trained, um, uh, at that great commission initiative because they've not had any, in, they've had some in years, but, uh, it's not yielding any fruit. So, yeah. And so what you're talking about, Brad, we call at your church on mission here at NAM, uh, leading, uh, living on mission. And we mm-hmm. see among top evangelistic churches, uh, an emphasis on building, a, a training method into the DNA of the culture uh, of the church. So it, you just take the, what we offer right now, three circles. Uh, they right. take that and they don't train anything else. A lot of the churches and, and they build it right. into the DNA from the time you come to faith in Christ uh, throughout your church. Uh, you're constantly having that reinforced. You're, you're practicing it. You're, you're talking about it throughout the week. And that tool becomes the vernacular of that tool kind of works its way in the, into the DNA of your church. And when that happens, they'll more naturally share their faith out as you help them make those connections uh, with a lost and dying world. We, we encourage you to even you know take a slice of that method or maybe a micro presentation right. of how that works and plug that in on a Sunday morning you know, so I that have, you expose your people I to have it. taught that. Yeah, I've done that in a sermon. Uh, three circles, and I've tried, and I've I've emphasized that, but personally, I've not emphasized that enough. Okay, all right, that, know, that's a very. I've, good. I'm just being honest. I've, I've taken, I have taught it. I mean, just brought out the whiteboard in a Sunday morning sermon and did the Great. circles, and I've showed them, and then other, you know, times and other sermons, you know, hey, here's don't forget, and we remind them. I've just not done that enough. Yeah, and some of the things we see, Brad, so you, you've taken the first steps, but to build it into the culture, right. you've got to have visual reinforcements around the building. I mean, it's got to be verbal, visual, uh, visionary. You know, you, you've got to have that so everywhere they turn, uh, whether it be in their small group classes, you know, those right. those life conversation guides are floating around. You're talking about the app. And I'm just using three circles as an example. At the North American oh, Mission yeah. Board, we don't care what you use as long as you use something. Uh, we're just trying right. to provide some things. Uh, but provide things that it's just that constant reinforcement of it. Because it is easy to do probably what a lot of pastors do. And that is train it on a Sunday morning and then you kind of walk away from it. And right. and don't really reinforce it from that point over and over again, and that one off training just never it never sticks, you right? Know? So right. yeah, you 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 hit on a challenge there, a frustration a lot of past pastors experience around the same thing, and taking, that is taking your t- taking your leaders to an. Oh, I'm sorry, Joel, no, that is just building that into the DNA rather and and have that tool there. 
taking your leaders right. to an event like that is a good move too because yeah. uh, it's someone else other than you hyping evangelism, not hyping it, but you know what I'm saying, rah rah evangelism, yeah. and 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 you'll bring them back. Uh, those those guys will be fired up. They'll be ready to to do something, and and that becomes sometimes the catalyst, you know, to spread more more evangelistic culture through the church. Yeah, right. And hope what we're hoping to do is out of that then trying to set up times where at least once a month we're going out in the community. Yeah. Uh, It's kind of the goal of trying to uh, at least have once a month where, Hey, this, this, this day we're going out, blah, blah, doing this um, to where we, and that's what we're doing right now. Presently, at least once a month, we've got something going on evangelistically. Um, uh, whether serving the community or doing an outreach event or something. So that's that's what we're trying to um, create to where we have something every month to, where people can plug in and be a part of that. So here's what I would say about that too, Brad, is when you do that thing once a month, uh, promote, especially the evangelistic thing, promote right. it for the entire month and make it a party when they get there and uh, have okay. everything organized provide child care, feed them somehow, you know, that kind of thing, and have it set up with what I call the dummy system. Any old dummy could figure it out and do it, you know, Uh, grab this and go, grab that and go, Uh, you know, make it really just seamless for you to come in, cast a little vision, say a prayer, get started, head out the door, but remove all the barriers or the obstacles they have for coming. So, you know, if you're doing it on a weeknight, you know, or whenever, I'd always provide child care. Um, If if you're doing a weeknight, you you know, during school year, you might even have a teacher do help them with the kids with homework, you know, while they're there. So if you feed them, mom and dad don't have to worry about feeding the kids and all that. Probably can't do that every week. But if you did it during those events, your attendance just really skyrockets uh, when you turn it into that. Right. Okay. So, hey, one question, kind of final question. Uh, if you wanted to go, you've baptized 22 people in the last three years. If you wanted to baptize 25 people in one year, what do you feel like is the missing ingredient? Or have you even thought that direction on, man, if we could do blank, we could see really put our evangelism, uh, uh, kick it up a notch. Is there something that is there some kind of puzzle you'd like to see solved to help you take that next leap in evangelism. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. I would, um, I'd love to see 25 to 50 a week, a uh, 50 year baptized. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's, um, that's the, that's where we, you know, I think that's the vision and the goal that we've mm-hmm. got to get toward that. Um, and I, what the puzzle is, the missing link, I'm not sure. I think it's just um, a lot of what y'all are saying. We, I just got, we just got to work more on creating this, casting this vision and cr- creating the opportunities, the training, and the culture for it, uh, for more people to be involved in it. I think, I think one of the things that might give you some quick traction just as you know, a way of advisement here would be, uh, giving your folks a big evangelistic win. And a lot of times that could be around uh, an event. Um, I don't know. I know you guys just had a really strong Easter. Uh, but but that type of thing where you have an elevated excuse Sunday to invite folks to church 
or maybe uh, some kind of an event specifically geared for evangelism, such as a wild game dinner or something like that, which yeah. I'm just thinking regionally where you are, a wild game dinner might go over well uh, you know, in your area. But that kind of thing where you, you bring people yeah. in, not just for the branding, because I think you're getting a lot of goodwill building right now and branding for your church, which is great because you're, you're putting your name on the map in front of them and you're doing that in a yeah. service role. And I think that is very key because that ultimately feeds into how effective some of the other things you'll do are such as an evangelistic event, but to, to maybe do something where you may see three, four, five saved, you know, at once, uh, maybe even more, maybe, maybe even, uh, in a, yeah. you know, 10 or 12 saved at, at once at, at maybe a big event. They could be involved in not only building, but also inviting people to, is, is that kind of thing been tried or is that something that may be on your radar? That's something that I want to do. Now, there's a couple other churches in our area that do huge wild game events. I mean, they okay. draw, they'll draw 900, 1200 people at them. Yeah. Um, We've actually looked at we're I don't have anything down yet. We're looking at possibly doing like a 3D archery uh, event to where you know they would we bring out the hunters, but we could have uh, kind of like competition for all ages mm-hmm. to where the kids, the youth, and you know the uh, uh, the parents because we. Sometimes ladies like shoot too, so uh, mm-hmm. very good at too. But we're looking at possibly trying to do that, and then bring in some kind of big, you know, some kind of speaker for that. Uh, but that's yeah, that's I think that's the next uh, something that we really need to look at is possibly having a big event like that to where um, maybe we can see several saved in a, so, in in one one time. So so here are two things I'd say to that. Number one. Uh, make sure the speaker you get is good at drawing the net. And even right. if you had a celebrity speaker of some sort to draw folks as part of the add-on or the attraction of it all, that you'd have uh, some kind of someone who's good at drawing the net harvest-wise, whether it's a local pastor who's very evangelistic or uh, 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 someone who's gifted with, with a strong evangelistic gifting of drawing the net, and f- even if they just spoke 10 minutes to, to do that. And then yeah. the second thing I would say is don't let the, 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 um, the hype of the event itself uh, uh, eclipse the evangelistic focus. So, you know, some people would mm-hmm. be so enamored yeah. and blown away by such a great idea as an event that it becomes all about the event. And so the key there is is continuing to remind your people that the reason we're doing this is so we can get lost men and women and their families to come and hear the gospel, um, you right. know, and expose them to, to the gospel. So, um, you know, that's just a little something something to keep in mind as you would promote an event like that well and i think uh brad in closing you you actually said the two most important words in my opinion uh a minute ago and that is vision and culture Uh, as your church grows thank god for the growth you've had and the people you've reached it's more important now to build an evangelistic vision almost a measurable tangible vision that they can carry with them into the marketplace or into their communities and then be the culture you want to be. Someone told us you can't create the culture. You can only be the culture and be that evangelistic culture. You want to be where you're celebrating life transformation as the most important thing the church does. Um, if, as you build that into the DNA of your church uh, now, 
uh, you'll start reaping those rewards uh, for years to come. It, it, vision and culture give you momentum to do all right. those other things you want to do uh, evangelistically. So, hey, Brad, thanks for being on the call today. Man, you represent oh. a lot of pastors who are in your exact situation, and just this conversation, no doubt, is going to help them. Thank you. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to Your Church on Mission Evangelism Podcast. To find out more about leading your church on mission, be sure and check out the blog, www.namb.net forward slash your church on mission. To send in a comment or question, email it to evangelism at namb.net.